Welcome everyone to Bring Out the Talent. My name is Maria Melfa and I am the President and CEO of the Training Associates, otherwise known as TTA. Hi everyone, I'm Jocelyn Allen. I'm a Talent Recruitment Manager here at TTA and we are so glad as always to have you back here with us. And we are very excited for our guest today and we'll be talking about a very important subject, mental health in the workplace. Today we have Matt Restagini. Matt is the Chief Marketing Officer of Total Brain, a mental health and brain performance self-monitoring and self-care platform. Total Brain was founded in 2000 by leading neuroscientist Dr. Evian Gordon on the notion that our mental health can be measured, improved, and managed just like our physical health. Total Brain is used by clinicians, large consumer groups, and Fortune 500 companies who benefit from better health outcomes, better informed care plans, improved performance and productivity, and critical insights. Addressing mental health in the workplace has never been more important as it affects us all. A 2021 Harvard Business Review study showed that C-level and executive respondents were now actually more likely than others to report at least one mental health symptom. In fact, 68% of millennials and 81% of Gen Zers have left roles for mental health reasons, both voluntary and involuntary. It's time to put the stigma to rest and admit that mental health challenges affect us all. Today, we will discuss how we can address the challenges around mental health in the workplace. Welcome, Matt. We're so excited to have you today. Thanks so much. I'm very happy to be here. Appreciate uh, spending some time on this very important topic. Yeah, we agree. Maria and I, TTA as a whole, very passionate about this subject, Um, just mental stability overall, workplace, personally, how we learn differently from each other. Um, And I think that this is going to have a lot of useful information for people to kind of catapult that in their uh, organizations. We briefly spoke about Total Brain in the intro, but for our listeners, can you give us a little more information on what your capabilities, services, and products are at Total Brain? So as Maria outlined at the start, I mean, Total Brain at its heart is a digital neurotech company. We offer a mental health monitoring and support platform that's delivered through a modern digital app on mobile and web. Um, The platform was built over the course of 20 years of extensive research and development, uh, and it's backed by the world's largest standardized brain database. So what we do sort of falls into two groups. We have on the monitoring side, the ability to monitor the 12 brain capacities that define one's mental health. Uh, and also to screen for the risk of mental health conditions, things like anxiety, depression, PTSD, et cetera. On the other side of the platform, we have the ability to provide customized, personalized self-care tools to users based on the results of the assessment. Um, And those things include things like positive psychology tools, brain training exercises, cognitive behavioral therapy, breath and meditation, uh, neuroscience-based music, Lots of variety in the types of programs, but all intended to help individuals improve uh, their mental health and ultimately their, uh, their brain performance. Today, we operate in three segments. Uh, Maria touched on these, but clinical care support, where we're providing assessment tools and support tools for behavioral health clinicians, addiction uh, clinics for their patients, um, and providing the clinicians with extensive data. 
um, population health, where we serve large consumer groups. Uh, we have a longstanding relationship with AARP, more recently with IBM and the VA, uh, providing our services to large uh, consumer groups. And then finally, and, and most importantly for this conversation, the, the corporate wellness segment, uh, where we're working with employers uh, to provide services as a benefit to their employees. Matt, can you give us a sense of how Total Brain is helping to solve some of these challenges around the mental health crisis for employers? So for a number of years now, we've worked with uh, large employers like Boeing and Nationwide uh, as a wellness benefit for their employees. Part of the challenge in the, in the corporate segment and more broadly across mental health is that um, many folks don't know that they're experiencing mental health issues. Um, it, you know, for years, this was a stigmatized topic, uh, one that people didn't really touch on. Uh, and very often people accepted some of the symptoms of these conditions as just sort of normal. Uh, and so um, one of the things that Total Brain is able to do in working with these large populations is provide self-awareness for employees. Um, so, uh, you know, a corporation will roll out the services to their employees. Folks can train or folks can assess uh, themselves through the Total Brain application and start to learn a little bit more about how their brain functions and where they might be challenged. Not everybody uh, is going to score 100% on, on sort of every area of the brain, but um, you want to look for uh, areas where there may be strengths and areas where there may be weaknesses and then figure out how to optimize uh, accordingly. And so um, helping to understand uh, an individual, understand where they are with their brain health uh, and then what steps they can take to improve it. There's a huge care gap right now across the population so the gap between people who have a condition and those who are actually treated. And a big part of that is self-awareness. And so um, the assessment really helps to, uh, to close that gap. When we look uh, across the population, and, and you know, these stats are, are pretty widely shared at this point, 19% of the population at any given moment has a diagnosable mental condition. And when we look at folks who go through our assessment, we find that 51% of the working population is actually at risk of a mental condition. So, you know, you're looking at a majority of your working population who is compromised in some way, some diagnosable and some at risk. And most of those folks who are diagnosable are not getting care. Going back to something that you said that really resonates with me is that um, some of these diversities, I guess that we could call them when it comes to brain space. <laughs> that's what I'm That's what I'm going to say. That's the official term. Um, are, were kind of considered like normal behaviors or normal ways of thinking, normal ways of learning up until a certain point when we realize like, no, this is a different way that the brain operates, whether or not it's part of the majority, right? And I feel like with all with these self-assessments and all of the exposure that's out there to finding out more about these things that I'm finding things out about myself that I'm like, I could possibly have something different about the way my brain operates and, and never knew it before. So you being able to do this, create something like this for people to do that sort of self-assessment and acknowledgement of what's actually going on with them, but then kudos to the organizations who are using it as a benefit to their teams to have those preventative actions in place. It's just, it's a very cool thing because 
it's what our world is kind of calling for right now. Like this is what people are paying attention to about themselves and their people. Yeah. You know, it's super interesting. There's actually a a real term that has started to emerge in the marketplace called neurodiversity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the ways that we talk about mental health at Total Brain is this idea of a continuum, right? So on the far left, you're, you're perfectly healthy on the far right, you, you know, you have a diagnosable condition and most of us, the majority kind of fluctuate in the middle somewhere where at any given moment we're healthy or we're at risk. And how or where you present yourself can be a function of your genetic makeup, but also environmental factors. Uh, you know, a death of a family member or COVID may, you know, may send somebody into, into a bit of a spiral where they're suffering from anxiety and that may sort of accelerate into depression. So if you think about it as a, as a spectrum uh, like that and just sort of trying to ensure that you're, you're trying to push the population more towards that, that healthy side over time, but also recognizing that as with any population in any spectrum, people are going to fall in different areas. And sometimes some of those uh, sort of perceived weaknesses or issues can actually be strengths, right? I myself uh, have suffered from anxiety. Uh, the, the truth is, as, a, as an employee, that actually in some ways makes me uh, more valuable because I'm very conscientious about the work that I do. I'm constantly sort of thinking through how is this going to be perceived and making sure I put forward my best work. So um, you learn to understand a little bit more about yourself and how to manage that to your advantage. I love that. I love this as a resource and as a, a training tool. Yeah, it's very cool. It is increasingly a popular topic and one, you know, particularly in the high tech space, I think with the, um, folks are starting to embrace that idea a bit more and, and, and in how they source for talent. I think more people than not have anxiety. I know, Matt, you and mm-hmm. I have had conversations and I certainly have had, I'm certainly a very anxious person. I know I have anxious children. I have anxious parents. So it's it's been a long line of anxious people <laughs> in my family. <laughs> the line is anxious. Yeah, the, the line is anxious. Um, that's what we're saying. Like, And you probably brought up, like if your parents were brought up thinking that was just normal like yes. that's just how my family behaves right Absolutely. but no it's like a real thing that a lot of people have to manage i agree and as we know we don't leave just our anxious brain at home we bring it with us to work so exactly. it is so important to address that and offer um, solutions to help employers help their employees yes yes <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 yes exactly <laughs> You recently started something called the Mental Health Index, a U.S. Worker Edition. Sounds like a place we could get a lot of information. Can you tell us a little bit more about this initiative? You know, over the years, having worked with so many corporates, um, we've amassed a, a ton of assessment data on the working population. And we thought it would be interesting to look at that data in aggregate. And so the first thing we did was sort of make sure that we had a good representative sample of the U.S. working population, and we did. Um, And so what we've been doing is looking at about 500 assessments a month to track the brain capacities and the risk of mental conditions um, as a a way to, to sort of extrapolate that to the broader U.S. working population. And we were very fortunate to have started that the month before COVID hit, just purely by chance. But as a result, we were able to watch the changes in mental health over the course of the pandemic. And it it really is fascinating. And I'd encourage you to go to our website and check it out because you can actually see visualizations of the the data. Um, But what you do see 
is as the cases start to ramp, the anxiety uh, and depression levels and the risk of conditions also spikes with that. And you see, you know, as certain certain factors, seasonality factors, for example, as the economy started to open back up during the summer months and people were starting to go out a bit more and go on vacation, things started to come down, uh, stress levels came down, anxiety came down. Uh, and then when the second wave hit, everything spiked back up again. So, you know, it's fascinating to see, but also really concerning because we were in a crisis situation prior to the pandemic, the pandemic threw gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And as we sit here today, um, just looking at kind of the latest data from, from last month, um, what we're seeing is that PTSD levels, uh, risk of PTSD are up 53% versus where they were pre-pandemic. Wow. Um, and that, that sort of aligns with what we know about PTSD. You know, it tends to be something that happens after a period of time, after a traumatic event. Early on in the pandemic, we saw PTSD levels increase because the stress of the, of the pandemic likely brought out previous traumas. But now what we're seeing is PTSD levels elevated as a result of the trauma of the pandemic. You know, super important for employers to understand that, uh, particularly as employees are coming back to work, because folks that are suffering from, from PTSD are going to react differently and they're going to perform differently. And it's important to acknowledge that. So Matt, COVID notwithstanding, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges on the broader mental health crisis? Um, So we talked a little bit about the care gap earlier, just giving people the tools to recognize that they may not be operating at at an optimal level. Um, That's super important and, and creates awareness. Um, I think too, there's been a, a big focus when we, think of the term mental health, um, the focus has always been on illness. And it's kind of ironic because the term is health, but when we think of mental illness, when we think when we say mental health, right? So important to, to sort of understand that distinction between illness and, and health um, and start to chip away at that stigma, creating more open dialogue and more conversation about it, which we're, we're starting to see happen is really, really important um, so that employees feel more empowered to ask for help when they need it. Uh, and to seek it out um, through the resources that are available to them. You all have been working in the HR space for years. Uh, you know, EAPs have existed for years, uh, employee assistance providers, but the, the take rate on those is, is often very, very low. Uh, and so the more you can do to create that awareness, create the dialogue so that folks take advantage of services that may already be in place uh, is really, really important. Matt, when I originally reached out to you to conduct a webinar for our learning and development audience, I was so surprised back then, and I still am now, that there is not enough education around this topic. So again, being in the learning and development space, you know, we talk all about teaching our employees to have technical skills and soft skills or helping to develop programs. But again, there's just not enough training in this area. I know that Total Brain, one of the things that you've been working on this year is to develop trainers so you can help your companies learn more on how to go ahead and adopt your products and also just in the mental health area also. So can you tell us a little bit about that? It's been fascinating. So you talked about um, sort of COVID being the, the ultimate accelerant. And, and the truth is, for, for better or worse, right? It poured gasoline on the mental health sort of fire and crisis. 
Um, but as a result, it forced uh, many of us to stop and address this, this issue, both personally and as, as corporations for, for our employees. Um, so, you know, we've spent uh, a, a lot more time over the last year and a half through the pandemic working with employers, not only to roll out the application for use, but also on some thoughtful programs and content um, that they can bring to their employees on how to think differently about brain health and mental health and, and how to make the best use of the tools that are, are available to them. So uh, a couple of examples, um, you know, as folks were coming back into the workplace, um, most recently we worked with a couple of large employers around stress specific programs, um, how to deal with the stress and anxiety of, of getting back in front of people and, and potentially, you know, dealing with, with, uh, with health risks as the pandemic was, was increasing or decreasing at, at any given moment and teaching employees simple techniques uh, like breathing uh, as, as a way to combat in the moment stress take them out of a fight or flight state where their, their heart rate is elevated and, and their breathing is, is, is not optimal and just get them to relax. Um, and so those have been really, really popular because they're teaching employees tangible things that they can do uh, in the moment to address some of these issues. Um, the other thing that, that we've seen emerge um, as a new trend is dialogue. We ran a survey a couple months ago of working Americans, and 86% said they want a corporate culture that embraces open mental health dialogue. Um, and 20% said they'd feel better returning to work if their employer increased access to mental health resources. So this is absolutely a topic that's, that's top of mind for employees. And increasingly, we're finding employers having open sessions uh, where they address the topic like this. And sometimes it's, you know, it's bringing us in on a particular area uh, like stress. Uh, but more often um, and more recently, it's leaders leading, right? Uh, standing up, telling their stories, talking about their experiences uh, with mental health, with anxiety, with depression, uh, and giving permission to employees to do the same. Um, and what we're finding is that that rich dialogue uh, creates more awareness and helps to close the care gap that we spoke about earlier, because people are much more likely and much more comfortable to ask for help when they need it. For those who are listening um, that are in organizations, running organizations that are still not completely bought into this, can you give us some more information about why they should care about mental health in the workplace and the current crisis that's going on? First of all, it's important to remember that, you know, the brain controls almost everything that we do, right? So our, our ability to show up and to perform at work uh, is directly related to our, our mental health. Um, and so folks that are suffering from anxiety or depression and that are bringing that to work are not performing at an optimal level. Um, and there's impact on productivity in the workplace from folks suffering from that. Uh, you have folks that, you know, are calling out sick because, uh, you know, they can't get out of bed because they're dealing with, with depression. So there's a, there's a definitive impact on performance and productivity. There was a recent study by the American Heart Association uh, as part of their CEO roundtable, uh, and they cited a cost of $17,000 per person per year in incremental expense to companies for untreated uh, mental health conditions. Because of so, things like time off and things like oh, time off goodness. more doctor's appointments yeah. higher healthcare premiums as a result yeah wow, um, wow. so it's a, it's a compounding effect and it, it has a very real economic impact on, mm -hmm. on business 
on the opposite end, if you can improve the, the productivity and the performance of employees with some simple tweaks, um, you know, there's a, there's a positive impact to be, to be gained there as well. So. so Matt, we just spoke a little bit about me being surprised about the learning and development space, not getting into this area enough. What do you think the use cases here for learning and development departments? So, you know, we just touched on kind of the, the performance and, and productivity impacts of not addressing mental health. And, and I think um, there's, a, there's also a sort of an idea of being able to improve the brain performance of individuals and as a result, improve productivity in the workplace. Um, you know, it, it's fascinating when you look at the 12 brain capacities that really define mental health. Um, they fall into areas of emotion, feeling, cognition, and self-control. Um, and if you look at some of those, um, those capacities that fall under those functions, uh, in cognition, for example, it's memory, it's focus, and it's planning. Does those sound like three topics that would be really interesting to a learning and development organization trying to optimize talent, right? Absolutely. Um, on the self-control side, it's social connectivity, it's resilience, uh, it's conscious negativity, right? So those are the types of things that influence how we interact with our peers, uh, the, the way that we uh, connect and collaborate with others in, in the workplace. So, you know, when, when you think about the role of learning and development in an organization and the ability to really optimize talent and to grow employees into future leaders of the company, understanding the self-awareness or creating self-awareness in the individual understanding their strengths and weaknesses, and then being able to optimize that over time uh, is so, so critical to the future development of, of that talent. We find a lot of employers not only concerned and interested in sort of the mental health piece of, of total brain, but also in this notion of the brain capacities uh, and, and looking at specific areas of their organization to see uh, you know, what is the social connectivity scores of, of this particular department? Um, because it's indicative of how well they work together. And so um, that data has been very, very insightful for some of our larger corporate customers uh, concerned about uh, talent development. What's the difference between emotion and feeling? You categorize the other um, to the cognition and self-control, but to me, emotion and feeling could be interchangeable. What are the differences there? Emotion um, is is sort of innate. Um, when, when something happens, uh, an event happens, your brain feels something, has, has an emotional response to that, right? The feeling is sort of the output of that. So as an example, if a bear emerges in the woods, right, uh, and, and immediately puts you in a state of fight or flight, your, your, your sort of innate uh, response to that is your emotional reaction to that. Uh, and the feeling you get, the feeling of stress, anxiety, and depression is sort of the secondary thing. So it, it's, okay. a, it's a bit of a linear path in that regard. It starts with, with the emotion, and then as a result, you have a, a feeling response. Um, you know, when we, when we talk about emotion in the context of the brain capacities, it's things like emotional awareness, non-conscious negativity, uh, and emotional flexibility, how well you can turn uh, those emotions on or off. Whereas feeling is anxiety, stress, and depression is sort of the, the manifestation of those emotions. No, that might absolutely makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. I took my notes because I'm like, those sound like the same thing. 
you don't you're not faking me out matt no but this that makes a lot of sense so thank you for that i could relate to the beer example because i ran into one this summer and the no kidding. yes it was funny because I was actually walking down a dirt road and we were laughing about it, saying, I wonder if they're here. And we kind of made some noise, clapped our hands. And within like two seconds, one went flying across the street right in front of us. Wow. Yeah. Right. Play that example out for a second because it, it's, it's super fascinating to think about how humans respond. And, and, you know, this is sort of the, you know, goes back to the caveman era, right? It's But it's how we are wired so in that moment that you saw the bear your heart rate uh, likely spiked right um a million miles an hour <laughs> labored, right so you, you were immediately in a state of fight or flight and and th- that human response is is about survival in that moment you're deciding do i stay and fight the bear or do i turn and run right uh and and so you know Sure, in this example, it's a bear, but there are all sorts of life events that, that happen to us on a regular basis that can put us in the state of fight or flight. And related to, to an experience in the workplace, uh, one you know that we talk about a lot, but if, if another uh, coworker perhaps comes at you in a negative way, maybe uh, calls you out in a meeting, that can immediately put you in a state of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so you start to react or respond differently. And so understanding that, kind of innate uh, behavior and brain response is really, really fascinating and important uh, in optimizing workplace interactions. I agree that the brain's response is the most fascinating thing because we can be talking about two completely different scenarios and as it relates to survival, right? Like what you just said, a bear in the woods or a snarky coworker in the board meeting. And the your, feeling could be the Yeah, same, the yes. feeling is exactly the same to your brain and your emotional feeling response. Going back to my notes, because I'm still going to get those mixed up until I learn better. <laughs> but it is, it's, it is fascinating that our brains are so smart to react so quickly to protect us, but at the same time, don't know the difference between what we're actually being presented with to know that, okay, this isn't a bear attacking me. I'm not going to die here, but like my reputation is at stake, you know, kind of thing. It's yeah, I'm fascinated. I love this. I love this stuff. And there are very practical antidotes, if you will, for lack of a better word, but scientific evidence that at breathing at six breaths per minute, uh, can actually take you out of that state of fight or flight. So we have an exercise in the app called Resonant Breathing that prompts you to breathe at six breaths per minute. And it, if you were to measure your stress level, and by the way, we just added this functionality to the app. You can do it with the finger on the camera phone uh, of your iOS or Android device. Look at your stress level before, try the Resonant Breathing exercise, and then measure your stress level afterwards. And, and what you'll find is it's a, it reduces your, your stress because it takes you out of that fight or flight state uh, and induces a sense of calm. So there are very practical ways to apply uh, some of these exercises uh, and to use them in, in a setting, whether, whether you're stuck in the woods with a bear or you're in, uh, in a room full of uh, bear-like coworkers. Right. Uh, well. <laughs> what is your bear? I like it. I like it. How does total brain work as far as onboarding a new client? What are the steps needed to take to get it going? Every customer that comes on has a named account rep um, who will work very closely, uh, typically with someone in the the HR department uh, to understand what 
sort of some of the challenges are, their timeline for rollout, et cetera. Uh, we can turn these things on pretty quickly um, and we'll, we'll typically work to create um, kind of a rollout, a marketing rollout, if you will, or a promotional campaign around the rollout of the application uh, where we invite uh, employees to take the assessment and to participate. Um, and so we'll do some planning up front as part of the onboarding process around how we want to promote the app to employees, when we want to roll it out. Uh, certain times of the year, you may want to do additional promotion. As we go into this holiday season and there's an increase in stress, you might want to plan for some events around that. Um, so we'll work very closely with you to do that. You would have a, a, a sort of co-branded, customized area that you can send employees to with your company's logo uh, right next to the Total Brain logo. So it's very clear uh, that they have a very private, personalized experience in, in the app. What does an employee see versus the employer? So the employee uh, has access to sort of the mobile app to, traditionally done on the phone, but they can also access on desktop. So the, the assessment, the self-care exercises, everything we've been talking about is sort of the employee experience. The employer uh, gets access to a what we refer to as a corporate dashboard, uh, which has aggregate level information on all the folks who have taken assessments or done training exercises. And so they can see at any given moment, what are the, the strengths and weaknesses and brain capacities across my employee population What's the risk, for example, of anxiety or depression among my employees? How long have they trained? What's their usage look like? For those that did train, was there an improvement in those brain capacities? Um, so it's a great way to sort of manage the, the mental health and brain performance of the organization in aggregate. Uh, and where the population is large enough, we can also support some uh, data mining of that data. So you can look by department or location, for example, but, but only when there's enough data to keep it uh, private and uh, non-personally identifiable. For those listening, is there anything that you'd like to leave them with as far as how Total Brain can help them and any other information lingering? Sure. So I'd encourage listeners to visit our website, uh, totalbrain.com. There's a wealth of information there on the topic of mental health. There's a lot of tangible tips that they can use uh, in addressing uh, the topic of mental health with their employees. Uh, even if you choose not to avail yourself of our, our platform or services, I think you'll find the content there very, very useful. So I encourage you to check that out. And, and more broadly, uh, you know, for those that are listening that, that do sit in, in HR or positions of leadership at companies, uh, I would just encourage you to continue to prioritize mental health. Uh, it is so, so critical uh, at this time, given the stress and anxiety we've all encountered over the last couple of years. And as we settle into this new normal, uh, more important than ever to recognize that uh, and to make sure that you're supporting your employees any way that you can. Thank you. Thank Again, you so much, Matt. So much for the relevant and useful information. We're excited to give it to our audience. Thank you so much, you. Matt. This Thanks was, for having this me. was wonderful. Thanks so much. For more information on today's podcast guests and how they can help your organization, please visit www.thetrainingassociates.com. Bring Out the Talent is a Mudhouse Media production.